to make sure that we're all in the same place and do the same thing. Uh, and uh, before we start, let's have a word for everybody. Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us this morning through your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and our minds to draw close to you and close together. In Jesus' name, amen. With this COVID-19 going around, obviously things are different than they are normally. Uh, and so uh, I thought I would explain the way things are in here. And we also have the fellowship room set up for additional chairs if we need them. Uh Sitting in family groups, you can take up the, well, example, a whole row. If you're, if, uh, if you're individual or smaller groups, we're asking to have at least a couple of chairs, uh, between each person. And, uh, and so that's the, the way that's set up. Uh, yes, we are wearing masks. Obviously you've got that already. And, uh, we'll have extra masks here. Uh, and, uh, social distancing, obviously just explained. Um, the, I, I, I've had a couple people ask us, or, you know, what about using the bathroom? Some churches have actually closed their bathrooms. I don't think that's practical. Uh, <laughs> and especially if we allow kids to be in, in here as well. So, uh, what we've done is we do have hand sanitizer in the bathroom as well as regular hand soap. And we also have, sanitary wipes and we're just simply asking as you back out of there just so to speak if, if you've touched the doorknob and the handles just to take a wipe and wipe your yourself out <laughs> and uh, toss it out in the garbage out by the the uh, coffee counter we won't be having the fellowship before or after and until we've got a little more clearance and a little more feeling for how this is going to go and uh, let's see singing uh We'd, we'd had it all figured out Thursday in a meeting, you know, how we were going to do our singing and then found out Friday we weren't going to be allowed to. Uh, so I'm going to suggest to you, we've got a couple of songs that are familiar to you. We're going to actually do somewhat of an Easter service since we didn't get to do that together. And, um, if you want to sing, if you insist on singing, uh, yeah, I do ask that you leave your masks on because at that point I do understand is the projection is much further. But uh, stay seated and sing softly and uh, enjoy the, the music. And Naomi and Rebecca are doing our music this morning. I appreciate that so much. And uh, let's see. The communion. Uh, you have the self-served communion there. And I'll just tell you now, rather than doing it at the service, there's a, a thin film on the top part and I'll, I'll show you if you get it's it runs right out to the end over here if you break this up and pull it back down normally it becomes accessible pull that off and you have the bread and then when you pull the t next one the tab the, the tab I'm going to suggest that you get a hold of this lip when you pull it because I've so far managed to splash myself with it if I didn't so uh, just letting you know how that goes and uh, the uh, offering up here, we have offering envelopes here and out on the counter out there. And let's see if I got all the things. Uh, after the service, we're going to ask uh, people to clear the building as, uh, because we're going to need to 
re-sanitize everything. We want to do it before the, before we leave here. So we're going to come back in and, and do all of that, but we can't do that until everybody's outside. So, uh, fortunately it's a nice day. If you want to go outside, once you get outside, if you want to take your mask off, that's up to you. Uh, if you're in a, in a close proximity and talking and visiting, uh, but, uh, uh, just outside. Um, let's see. Oh, and if anybody wants to stay and help, uh, what we do is in, in cleaning is we have to clean flat surfaces. So that means like the arms to the chairs, um, the, the flat service, the communion table up here, doorknobs, uh, close the windows, do the latches that, that, that you touched because you closed them, that type of thing. And then we'd get, we go through and we have to sanitize the bathrooms and stuff. So, uh, if you want to stay and help with that, we'd appreciate it. Um, I think that covers my list of things to do from there. Um, okay, now, like I said, today's service, uh, we're doing in, I can take these things off now. Uh, today's service is, uh, like I put it here, delayed Easter celebration. Uh, we'll be, I'll be preaching from 1 Corinthians still, but 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, looking at the, the first few verses of that chapter uh, as a celebration of the resurrection. And so, you know, I mean, we missed the, the, the opportunity to say he is risen. Very good. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we'll be looking at First Corinthians uh, chapter 15, uh, the first nine verses. And we'll be going to that fairly quick. But I'm, I'm not going to sing for you. But I am going to, uh, now you weren't, were you, were you guys, did you just do up from the grave? Yeah, okay. Uh, the, the song up from the grave he arose is just that to me is one of the, my favorite Christmas or Christmas Easter songs. And, and the thing that, that you want to do is you, what do you, you want to get up with it and, and that? But anyway, uh, I just wanted to say uh, again to, Naomi and Rebecca, thank you for doing the music. We really appreciate it. Coming up here and nobody knowing what's really going on and that, you know, pinch hitting for the whole thing. Really appreciate it. So let's uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And again, let's uh, a quick prayer. Father, as we open your word, we ask, Lord, that you would. Open our hearts through your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and our minds as we study your word that you would make it real to us, bring it to life, and also put it in into our thoughts and our minds in such a way that we can call on it uh, to uh, enhance in, in our Christian walk and to be stronger in our relationship with you. We come to you and yield to your Holy Spirit. Commit this time to you as well. All the distractions of things that are going on around us, we ask, Lord, that you would cause them to be set aside as we come into your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting with verse 1. Now, I would remind you, and this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you 
which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I have persecuted the church of God. So, what we have here is a a picture of the presentation of the gospel, what they were resting in. And what I wanted to go through was just to look at this as the the reality that it gives us a, a clear picture of what the gospel is. Um. It starts off in verses 1 and 2. I, the gospel that I preach to you. The gospel is simply good news. So, uh, it's, a, it's a word. That's what it means. Good news. Um, I preach the good news to you. And and by this good news, you are saved. And, and, and so it's a very specific. And this is how the gospel, the word gospel comes to apply to. It's a specific use of this word in our theology and in the way we we study scripture and the way we talk about Jesus Christ and his gospel. Jesus Christ is good news. Uh, The gospel I preach to you. By this gospel, you are saved. And the gospel has to include when it's defined the death, burial, and resurrection. And that's why he puts it uh, so clearly here. Because it's not, you're not saved by what? Works. Or, or, you know, keeping a bunch of, of rules in a church or going to church and tithing. Those things are not what saves us. What saves us is the message of Jesus Christ, the good news, the gospel, believing in it, placing our faith in it. And so he's very clear here to say the gospel I preach to you by this gospel, you are saved. And then in verse three and four, he, uh, he says, uh, it was, del- I delivered what I received. I don't have time this morning to go into it, but in Galatians, it gives us a picture of it. Uh, Paul had an opportunity and a point in time where he was face to face with Jesus, not only in his salvation, but being taught. And uh, and so he he received this from the Lord. And now he's giving it to those in Corinth and the people that he comes into contact with through his ministry. And he says, Christ died for our sins. And he puts it in accordance with the scriptures. I'll come back to that in a minute. Now, uh, just a quick, closer look at at the the word Christ. Christ died for our sins. Who is the Christ? Because using the term Christ rather than Jesus, he's using a very specific term for a, uh, a specific reason. And because it's referring to the word Messiah. And he also says in accordance with the scriptures. So this is something the Christ, the Messiah, referred to where in the Old Testament uh, that you already have had. So this is an interesting point all by itself in a side note that the Old Testament is is telling us about the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And so we have uh, I think it was put 
uh, to me in, in Bible college was the first time I heard the phrase, the Old Testament is Christ concealed, the New Testament is Christ revealed. And so we, we don't see him absolutely clearly unless you're looking from the New Testament back, and then you see him clearly. Another term is used as a mystery. It was a mystery. They, they, we knew he was coming, but we couldn't put it all together. Once Christ came and he started his ministry, people could see, oh, that goes with this, that goes with this. And, and, and it was a confirmation that he is the Christ, the Son of God. And so he is the Messiah. He is the promised deliverer. And Paul gives to me, at least in, in my opinion, one of the clearest pictures of uh, a description of, of Jesus as the Christ in first or in Colossians chapter one, starting with the 15th verse. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. What a powerful picture we have here in the sense of who Jesus is. He is the image of God, of the invisible God, letting the God of heaven that we cannot see face to face. Christ is the image. If you were to go uh, to John chapter one, uh, we have the, the, the picture also of, of this explained. Uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it talks about him dwelling amongst us. And then in verse 14, it says the word came and dwelt among us. That's the incarnation. Jesus came and dwelt among us. The word became flesh. You could go to first uh, to Philippians chapter two, verses five through eight and read about how that is explained in a little more detail. But the picture is that he came and it says in verse 18 of John one that he came to reveal the father to us. To, the, to he So that he could ultimately say, as he did to the disciples, if you have seen me. You have seen the father. So when we say the image of the invisible God, he is in the image of the invisible God. We are saying that this, we normally say this is an image of something. We would think, oh, that's a, a duplicate of, or it's a, a, a representation of. In this case, case, it is the exact image of God, meaning he is God. God in the flesh. This is a part of the picture of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so he is in, he is in the image of, of God. And he is, it says here in verse 16, he is the creator. 
Well, John says the same thing. All things that were created were created through him and by him and for him. So he is the creator. That tells us something else about him. He is in the image of God. If, if he's in the image of God, the way I just explained, he is eternal. And if he is the creator, he exists, you know, because we have a phrase here coming up in a second where we say he is the firstborn. And someone will say, well, wait a minute, that's confusing me. If he's the creator and he's before all things and he's eternal, then how does he fit into firstborn? In his relationship with the father, as the son, he is firstborn, not firstborn physically, firstborn in the sense of who inherits everything. And it says he has the inheritance. He has inherited the kingdom of God. That's because he is in the position of firstborn. If you understand the Hebrew culture, the firstborn son inherits everything. Now, we look at that from our pictures of, of the way we think of things in our culture and stuff. We we don't grasp that. But the firstborn son was the, he inherited everything and it became his responsibility to take care of the rest of the family. And provide and to lead and to, and, and to, you know, meet their needs and stuff. So he is the firstborn, the one who's going to what? Provide for us, take care of us. So it's a position. It's not a physical firstborn. It's a firstborn in the sense of relationship. So he is, he is the creator. He is the uh, preeminent firstborn that you might want to say if you were looking at verses 17 and 18. In verse 19, it says, Christ came with a purpose. And his purpose was to reconcile to himself all things, heaven and earth, making peace with God through his blood shed on the cross. And if we look at verse 21, it says, you were once alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. We were not at peace with God. But he reconciled in his body by the flesh of his death in order to present you holy and blameless. That's how he became a peace through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice. So this picture to reconcile to himself all things and it includes, he says, heaven and earth, because through our sin, everything has been tainted. The whole earth has been tainted. It will be restored. And we even have scriptures out of the Old Testament says that the, 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 the earth sings and, and, uh, of a time of, of, of restoration, desiring the time. And of course, somebody's saying, well, we're personifying nature. What it's saying is, is that nature has to be restored as well. Well, this is who does it and how it's done through Jesus Christ, through the cross. So he comes in the image of, of God. He is the creator of all things. Sin corrupted the things that he created. And so he has come himself to reconcile the chasm between us and God caused by our sin. What's important to note is, is that there's no way we can do that ourselves. Because we are the sinners. We are imperfect. Therefore, we can't come to God. There's nothing that we have that we can't that 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 we can offer to him that hasn't been tainted by sin and as a result we're helplessly hopelessly lost and he has come so he is the image of god he is the creator of all things sin corrupted those things and now he has come to reconcile all of those things to himself 
making peace with God through his blood shed on the cross. The only sacrifice that could do it. Nothing else offered. Somebody says, well, what about all the Old Testament sacrifices that they were required to to offer, that God said do these things, and, and he would bring forgiveness to us? How many times in a lifetime of somebody, say, 50 years old, did those yearly offerings get made? Well, redundant question, right? Okay, 50 times, whatever. The idea is that every time we offered that rolled our sins over to the time that the final offering, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Think of what John said when he saw Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, he would come and reconcile through the through his own shed blood, his life given in our place as the sacrifice necessary to restore us. He died for our sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, going back to that verse 3, he said, it says he died for our sins in accordance with script, with the scriptures. Um, I'm stop there just for a sec. Well, no, I'll go. I'll go on just a little bit more, and then I'll come back to that. Uh, he was buried, says in verse four. He died. He was buried, and then it says he was raised. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. What we normally celebrate at Easter, from Good Friday to uh, Resurrection Sunday. Death, burial, resurrection is the gospel that Paul preached to the Corinthians and to everybody that would listen and, 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 and heed what he had to say. He said, this gospel is what saves you. The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now it says, I'll come back to this now, that according to the scriptures, uh, I want you to uh, you don't have to to look it up, but it, it, I'm going to go to Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. Jesus is, well, we'll go back and, and I'll paraphrase the story. Two men leaving Jerusalem, going to their hometown of Emmaus. So it's it's the road to Emmaus experience. Most people know what happens as they're walking along. All of a sudden, Jesus is there with them saying, what are you guys talking about? And they say, oh, about the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus, the death of Jesus. And he said, and, and he, he, they don't think of the, the, the terms of, of, of understanding the rest of it, you know. And so look what he says. He said, and he said to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now, what Jesus is saying right here is that this has been talked about in the Old Testament. All the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses, by the way, that means going back to the book of Genesis, and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 
Now, I don't know exactly how long it took him to do this, uh, you know, but I was thinking as you go over this, there's a how many of you are familiar with Josh McDowell and his writings? OK, uh, he was writing in the in the primarily most uh, uh, the, uh, his most connection with the public was in the 70s and 80s. Um, but he he wrote uh, an extended series of books, actually two books and then a third small book, uh, Evidence the Demands of Verdict. And he went over all of the prophecies of the Old Testament that were fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And there was a guy who wasn't a Christian who did the mathematic odds of those scriptures being fulfilled by one person. And it was beyond reason. In other words, the odds, the mathematical odds were beyond reason. For instance, for 48 of the scriptures, uh, out of the 300 and some scriptures there are, it was one to the 57th to the, I think to the, uh, I mean, one to 10 to the 57th power, which is, I wrote those out with all the zeros and I looked at that and I said, those are, that's a big number. Uh, and so, uh, I, I have here just one small reference to it, but there's a, uh, on the website is josh.org and it has all this same stuff that I'm talking about as far as the fulfilled scriptures and stuff like that. And the the ones that I want to look at is that, you know, Jesus is telling them it's all been done. And what, by the way, the, the whole idea of the scriptures, too, was that only the one that fulfills the scriptures could possibly be the Christ. So people went around. There was a lot of people going around claiming they were the Christ, but they couldn't they couldn't be authenticated, if you will, through the, the Old Testament scriptures and prophetic because they. They were born in the wrong place or or whatever. You know, Jesus being born in Bethlehem. That was required of the Messiah. He had to be born in Bethlehem. Scripture says so. And I'm always amazed at that. Because Joseph and Mary lived where? Nazareth. You know, four-day journey, walking. And... There was no reason for them to go to Bethlehem to have a baby. Except. And this is how God orchestrates things and brings them together and even uses people of high power and high position who are non-believers. God puts them to work on his behalf. He used the greed of the Caesar of Roman Empire. Who wanted to know how much taxes were going to be coming in in addition to getting his taxes paid for the, the current season, so that he would know how much, sounds like a government today, huh? how much money we're going to have to spend. And and he said, and, and for the Hebrew people, that meant that they had to go back to their city of ancestry. Joseph and Mary both were descendants of David. What's the city of David? Bethlehem. Mary's pregnant. At just the right time, she's pregnant. Supernaturally. God knew exactly the right time to do everything so that she would be in Bethlehem having Jesus. So that the Messiah, the exact image of God coming into this world, uh, would be born at Bethlehem. Well, we've got hundreds of scriptures that do this. 
If we were to go through Isaiah 53, uh, it's called the suffering servant chapter, but it gives extreme detail about what was going to happen to the Christ, even to the point where he, he should have been buried in a poor man's grave, but instead was buried in a rich man's grave. 750 years plus before it all happened. Uh, you take a look at Psalm 22. Uh, it's, it's, uh, amazing as you read it. Uh, the Psalm 22 starts off, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Where do you hear those words? From Jesus on the cross. That should, when you write, read this, I was thinking of, 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 uh, Mr. Yong again, you know, was, was one of the things that he'd shared in his testimonies from Korea. He'd, he'd say, Oh my goodness, this goes with that. As you're reading through the scriptures, you, you know, God opens your eyes. He'd read these things before, but all of a sudden it clicked. This goes with that. And it does. It's the words of the cross from Matthew 27. Why are you so far from me, saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. And it goes on. Uh, he, he says later on, uh, down around verse 7 or verse 6, says, I am a worm and not a man. What he's saying is, and by the way, you start to realize this is Jesus looking down from the cross. All the other scriptures we have in the New Testament on the Gospels is us looking up at the cross. And the view of, of, of the, the writers of the Gospels. Now we're looking down from the cross, seeing the mind of Christ. He says, they look at me and they see me as a worm. The worm was the lowest animal or creature in the Hebrew society. You touch a worm, you can't get much unclean and then touching a worm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so here's that. I'm a worm and not a man. Scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me. Mock me. What was going on as these people were marching around the cross that were they were throwing insults at him and mocking him, making their uh, 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 they make mouths at me. They wag their heads to make a mouth at someone is to say something uh, uh, unkind and to wag their head was, oh, you stupid man or something to that effect. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him for the delights in him. And that was what was said at the cross. They said, he trusts in the Lord. Let him get himself off the, off the cross. Here it is a thousand years before it was, it happened. I, 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 I like verse 14. It says, I am poured out like water and my bones are out of my joint, uh, out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a pot shirt and my tongue sticks to my mouth. And you lay me in the dust of the death, uh, and it lays me in the dust of death. And, and John says at that point, Jesus said, I thirst. Potsherd would be a piece of pottery broken that had sat in the desert and completely, de- you know, lost all moisture content of any kind. Talks about that they pierced my hands and, they, and my feet. He says, I can count all my bones. That was one of the things that when they hung on the cross, it, your, your, your body here, uh, uh, distended and you could look down and, and your, it was, you're collapsing so that you could see a rib cage. And then 
How more precise than this? They divide my garments among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. Who were at the foot of the cross? Two soldiers who were part of the crucifying team, throwing dice, casting lots for the who was going to get the clothes of Jesus. Thousand years before it happened. That's why this is. I look at this when Jesus said, "Is this one of the scriptures he went to to share with them?" You know, uh, maybe again Isaiah fifty-three, uh, Psalm sixteen, uh, just uh, a couple pages back. Um, there's a, a passage uh, that says uh, he's he's. It's talking about uh, uh, his soul not being abandoned to to Sheol, to 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 hell. He says, therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your holy one see corruption. You make known to me the path of life in your pr- uh, presence. There is a fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Who sits at the right hand of God? Jesus. And so as we look at this, most scholars say Psalm 16 is one of the messianic psalms. And this speaks of something that happens after his, you know, he's not abandoned to shield. He dies. That's the idea of, 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 of the scriptures that he dies. He goes to, to, to shield the holding place. Uh, and, and it says, but God didn't abandon me there. He lifted me out. What is he speaking about? The resurrection. So here I've already showed you there's the Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, uh, Isaiah, uh, Psalm 22, the death on the cross, so, you know, pierce my hands and my feet. Uh, Psalm 16, the resurrection, it's all there in the Old Testament. So Jesus is speaking of this. And so when Paul says, according to the scriptures, he's saying, look it up and see if it doesn't say these things. See if the scriptures don't point to everything that Jesus Christ went through and what happened to him. He encouraged it. He wanted them to do it. Because there wasn't going to be a, a negative. It was going to be a positive. They would come to the conclusion, now that they've seen what happened to Christ, they could go back to this and say, oh, yeah, that happened to him. Oh, yes, this is it. This is connected to that. And it, it is an amazing thing as you start to look at it. He was buried. It says again in 1 Corinthians 15, he was buried. He was raised. He appeared to witnesses. He appeared to people uh, that, that, that you know, uh, and it gave a whole list, even 500, most of whom are still alive. What he was doing was saying, go ask. Ask me who these people are. I'll, you, can go, you can go talk to them. They saw him after the death and burial. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. The result for all who believe in this good news, Paul makes clear also in the book of 1 Corinthians and still in the chapter 15, uh, the last few verses of, of chapter 15. 
Paul says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. It was a mystery coming from the Old Testament. But it's when he says it's a mystery, meaning, but we know the answer to it. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the on immortality, then shall come uh, uh, to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up by victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? We as Christians do not fear, actually fear the idea of death. Now, I'm not going to go and tell you that I don't fear death in a general format. I look both ways. I try to remember crossing the street. <laughs> I, I'm cautious about what I do. I'm not going if, you know, I, I'm not going to go out into uh, and, and stand around wild lions and see if they really, if they're, if they're hungry or not. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to die in a fire. In fact, if I, when I die, I want to die asleep in my bed at night. You know, uh, that's uh, uh, somebody will look at that and say, you know, you know, kind of a morbid thought. I, what I'm saying is, you know, I don't want the, the pain of death. I don't want to know the pain of death. Well, that part, I can't I have no control. That might happen. But the reality is that. This is the perishable. Paul also calls it a tent. And I know I've shared these scriptures with you before, but I want to share them again. For while we are still in this tent, this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. While we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. What is perishable may be swallowed up by what is imperishable. But I love the phrase, phrasing here. What is mortal, this failing flesh, be swallowed up by life. You know, we get it, uh, the, our world, especially those outside of Christ, they, you know, the, all the gusto you can while you're in this world, you know, is good living. We've seen over the last few, uh, weeks on, on, on the news, all the people that were said, okay, you can go back to your lifestyle. Let's go back to the good living. And I'm thinking, yeah, they go to the bars and they, you know, all this crazy stuff. And, 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 you know, they're passing this bug, this virus around even faster. But from a Christian perspective, when this body gives up, we win. Paul says to, to live as Christ, to die is gain. We win. The, the worst thing the world can do to us is take our life and we went and that's what paul's trying to set up here through the death burial resurrection of jesus christ we've been reconciled with god and as a result we have an inheritance a new promise through jesus christ that we are at peace with god we will be able to approach his throne through jesus christ and receive our inheritance our imperishable 
body. Our immortality, if you will. Our eternal life. I wrote down one more time. He has risen. Amen. I'd like to take a few moments to share communion this morning. We have uh, the songs, uh, we, Naomi and, and Rebecca are going to come back up and play Lamb of God. Um, I'm going to put it this way. If you must sing, remain seating and sing quietly, maybe as a form of meditating on the words as you sing them. Uh, and so, uh, if you would share the, the Lamb of God, please. If you didn't get a communion, they're out on the table if you want to get one. Your only son, no sin to hide, but you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty song and to become the Lamb of God. Your gifts of love, they crucified, they laughed and scorned him as he died. The humble king, they named a fraud. And sacrifice the Lamb of God. Oh, Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God. I love a holy Lamb of God. Who washed me in His precious blood. My Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. I was so lost, I should have died. But you have brought me to your side. To be led by your staff and rod. And to be called the Lamb of God. Oh, Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God. I love a holy Lamb of God. Who washed me in His precious blood. My Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Oh, wash me in his precious blood, my Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Obviously, you're going to have to remove your masks to take communion and uh, get a chance to get a breath of air. But uh, 
again, if you break the, that front part and, and bend it up and then bend it back down, you should be able to kind of by your thumb find the, the smaller film that rests on the top and just peel that back first. And it reveals the small dehydrated wafer <laughs> that uh, we used this morning. And then push down and pull back again on that, and you should be able to pull the, the, the whole foil top off the cup, and uh, we'll be ready. The Gospel of Matthew is recorded. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body. Let's share. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many of forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's share the cup. Father, we thank you that we can come together this morning to share together through your word, to break bread together in communion. We ask this morning now that you would go with us to live that a life of victory. The Lamb of God, our Savior, reconciling us to Christ, to, to, to the Father through, through Christ the Lord, through the, the cross. We're at peace with God because of you. Thank you, Lord. We come to give you all the worship and the praise, all the glory. Because we know it's not anything that we could do, but only through you, believing in you, resting in your grace. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Go with us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary. To save a wretch like me, I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my 
love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard that his healing of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and cause the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory, and Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. I heard about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory and Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate it. You are dismissed, and the Lord bless you. Thank you for being here this morning.